The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the news team at LinkedIn, I'm Jesse Hempel, and this is Hello Monday. A 40-hour work week. It's a staple of the modern economy. Many of us here in the U.S. expect to work a standard 9 to 5, or let's be more honest, a 9 to whenever plus a little bit more after the kids go to bed and maybe an early morning call. During the pandemic, those boundaries between work and life, they just collapsed. I remember the early days when Jude was 18 months. We had no childcare. I'd record episodes from my closet while he napped. I'd get up at 5 a.m. and work before he woke. And for a while, I was more productive, so productive. For months, we published two episodes a week. But working like that was a recipe for burnout. It was the same for a lot of you. People grew less productive. A lot of folks just up and quit their jobs. So now, as we aspire to a new work normal, companies are trying to figure out how work should work. Where should we do it and when? And that 9 to 5 model is useless as a guide. That brings us to the four-day work week. This week, I'm talking to Ryan Breslow. He runs a startup called Bolt. His 200 employees are based all over the world, and he's hiring like crazy. Earlier this fall, Ryan began a three-month experiment with shorter weeks. Ryan isn't asking his employees to work less, mind you. This is a gross startup, the kind of high-pressure place where there's always more work than people. Ryan wants people to work differently. His theory is that the best way to get the work done isn't constantly, it's efficiently. Here's Ryan. What we realized is that the risk of the pandemic wasn't people not working enough, which we thought might have been a risk, right? It was people working too much because there's no physical separation from the workplace and their home. And that's really dangerous, right? Especially with the mental health epidemic and crisis in America right now, which we could talk more about. You know, that's something we started to take really seriously. When you say that you took it really seriously, how did you know that people were working too much? You are the CEO of this company. Like, what were your feedback mechanisms? So first are are culture surveys. People are very honest if you ask the right questions with how they're doing and how they're feeling. We have a feedback culture where we write to each other, you know, on a biweekly basis how we're doing. Um, And so we've opened up those channels for communication, right? We welcome it. We've always done that as a company. And so identifying the problem wasn't wasn't rocket science. So once you had identified the problem, how did you go about thinking about how to solve it? Well, our first instinct was to try to coach and train people um, about their wellness, right? And so we would have a wellness events. We'd bring in um, tr- lecturers and wellness specialists who could, you know, help teach our team techniques on how to decompress. We felt like the team had a really hard few weeks. We would do wellness days, and we found ourselves doing wellness days all the time. And whenever we do a wellness day, I would get messages from our team across the company, people thanking us so much that they finally had a chance to, you know, spend a day with their kid or get caught up in their home life. And then one day we were like, 
instead of trying to coach and train um, our team on how to do wellness and to patchwork for the real problem, which is just too much work, you know, let's just shave off a workday. And yeah. that's what we did. But, and this is key, they didn't cut down on the work. Ryan's a big fan of this theory known as Parkinson's Law. It says that work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So both just cut down on the available time. This entire conscious culture experiment is around how do we eliminate the drag and unleash our people to actually just do the work. Um, And the best thing that you could do is to compress the actual amount of time that they have to do that work so that they can't just fill time with filler meetings and filler conversations, which ultimately don't really move the needle. So Ryan, as I'm listening to you, you know, I began my career as a journalist. I spent 15 years as a magazine writer. And there was this principle that I think all writers found to be true, which is if you give me five days to write a story, I can write you a story. If you give me three days to write that story, I can also write you that story. It will probably be better for it. Um, Is that the principle you're talking about? That's exactly the principle. Um, We work, I'm convinced the average worker works three times longer than they need to, to get the work done. So you know, 66% of the time spent is completely unnecessary. To play devil's advocate a bit, I also think there are a whole lot of things that in the moment we sometimes think of as unnecessary, but that actually smooth the way for a longer term approach to the work. And by that, I'm talking about the social activity that happens between me and peers in the office, the, um, you know, unnecessary explaining. It paves the way for longer term work relationships. So we say if if you're going to socialize, socialize and like be very focused on that and have a great time with each other. If you're going to brainstorm, brainstorm. If you're going to have a tactical meeting, have a tactical meeting. But when five different people are trying to have different objectives and are trying to do all those things all in one, that's where things kind of break down. So how has the four-day work week worked for you? And specifically, what have you learned? Well, we had a thesis that we'd be more productive and we'd be better off as human beings. And I think both of those have been overwhelmingly validated. We've, you know, had a lot of concern about can this logistically work? Like we have customer service and support and engineering on call. And, you know, we have smart people. We figured out how to shift schedules and create rotations. It wasn't overly complex. And so I think we thought it was a lot scarier than it was. Um, was Once we put it in place and figured out some of the mechanics, it was pretty smooth sailing. What happened that you didn't expect, Ryan? Because a lot of what you're saying actually validates your original thesis. What are you learning? I mean, we're learning that this is an absolute no-brainer. I don't know how every company on the planet isn't doing this. We went from a workplace where we we're constantly getting burnt out and had to manage wellness to, you know, we used a blunt object, just drop a workday, but is the, is the ultimate tool. What it's really done is it's been a forcing function to get people to prioritize their time, right? Because now you have one less day to do meetings. And so, and you have one less day to get things done. And so people are being way more intentional with their time 
than they ever have been. They're guarding their calendars. Um, they're being th- more thoughtful about meetings. They're asking, is this necessary? Can this be done in writing versus talking? And we're seeing those behaviors that we were trying to train on a five-day work week now are almost, you know, people are forced to have that mentality with the four-day work week. Do you work mostly remotely or do you have a physical office? We're all remote right now. Do you think that you'll ever go back to a physical office? Yes, we're reopening physical offices across San Francisco, New York, Toronto, Seattle, Stockholm. Um, So we plan to be in full swing with physical offices, but it's not going to be a return to the old office mentality. Offices are for that social connection. Right, it's it's the watering hole where you go, you get your work done. Um, if you want just an, a a productive, high energy environment to go work, and then where you can have lunch with colleagues and meet new people and put faces to names and have those you know social zones which create that fabric as as people amongst the team. Do you suspect that once we're all together again, that will be its own drag on our time and it will be more difficult to fit five days of work? Or let's let's even get rid of that structure, the normal amount of work that needs to be done in a week into a four-day structure? Well, pre-pandemic, I think the risk was people were being unconscious about their time and just always in meetings when like or, or socializing. Right. And so right. we were meeting so many people, it was hard for us to take a step back and get conscious and say, okay, you know, do I have enough thinking time? Do I have enough working time? And then when the pandemic hit, then we're all in work mode. We didn't have the social. And so it was hard for us to be conscious and take a step back and say, okay, am I treating myself with respect as a hu- human being? And am I building social connection? We, we have a risk of the pendulum swinging back into the other direction where people you know, have been so uh, famished by not having that connection that we swing back to those old habits. And what we will try to, um, what we will push for is just always being conscious about how you balance and spend your time. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I ask Ryan about one big potential problem in offering a four-day week. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. And we're back. Today, I'm talking to Bolt CEO Ryan Breslow about the four-day work week. Ryan's approach to working four days instead of five comes from something larger. It's an approach to work in general that's evolving. Ryan calls it conscious leadership. So all conscious culture is, is mindfulness. And all the lessons contained in mindfulness applied to the workplace. And, uh, you know, I find that if you reject these lies effectively that we're told about how work is supposed to be done, you know, what is created anew is something that's far more um, beautiful, humane, and also effective. Right. 
And how do you know that this is effective? Well, you can, you know, look at the survey results which show that our employees are happier and more productive than they've ever been in the history of Bolt. You could look at our Glassdoor reviews, which, uh, you know, have been skyrocketing up into the right and, and are kind of record high. So you can look at the data, but it's also a feel. Like if you take feel out of running your company, that's what creates all these problems in the first place, right? Like I stay in touch with our employees. I do talks and fireside chats and one-on-ones and skip levels and my chief of staff does. And we int- we put a lot of time into the people side. So Ryan, let's talk a little bit about what that means because y- you know we're we're ostensibly talking about a four-day work week and um you also are in a particularly unique position as the founder of this company. It's actually, it's, it's my favorite moment to chronicle in, in startup uh, history. I have written about companies in this stage for decades, and it's the hypergrowth stage. It's when suddenly you need to replicate your culture very, very quickly. And when you look around a room, most of the people in that room won't have worked with you a year ago. Like that is a particular moment in a company's life. It usually does not last for very long. And it's really challenging to get things right then. It always feels like you're starved for time. It always feels like you don't have enough time to convey what you need to convey about culture. And you, Ryan, have said, okay, and also I'm going to take even less time. So how during hypergrowth do you convey culture? Well, I think taking time is exactly the answer, you know, not inundated with in-person meetings. I've had the time to sit and meditate and reflect on the culture we've wanted to build and and think long-term. And so, you know, first step was guard my time so I have time to think, right? And that thinking time has allowed me to create clarity as to what this culture should be. And even though our backs have been against the wall and we're on the clock and we're growing so fast, to me as CEO, that was the time for me to really step up and, and start thinking. Because <laughs> if we if we mess this up, we're going to screw the whole business. I mean, we can't, you can't grow this fast and mess up culture. It's, it will ruin everything. Well, so you as, as the founder also have a four-day work week? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Because I thought that a founder job was sort of like an eight-day work week, 24-7. Yeah. Well, I have a four-day work week in regards to meetings on my calendar and how I treat collaborative work within the company. But I would lie if I told you that I was you know, not thinking about work the other three days. Right. Um, you know, I, I try to always take at least one full day off. And I really love having two more days to do non-collaborative work where I could do this deep thinking, right, that we're talking about here um, and have the time to myself versus checking off meetings off of a checklist. Right. I think it's near Ayel, um, the, the business writer, who writes so beautifully about needing abolish the to-do list for work that needs to be achieved and instead schedule time in your calendar so that you do just that. You tackle the hardest challenges 
The challenge is that we'll take your brain power, your thoughts, your creativity, you create the space for them in order to be able to tackle them. And it sounds to me like that's kind of what you're doing with your schedule. You're creating the wide open space, not to not work, but actually to go deep enough to do more significant work. That's exactly right. Yeah, if you're caught up in the tactical and short term, you can't think long term. Right. And so you got to create that space for long term thinking. Well, so there's one big question I just can't put out of my mind. Won't people in a four day work week just end up working on their three days off? I mean, just to keep up. Here's how Ryan sees it. Well, the prior problem was that that was happening on weekends. Yeah. So every, you know, people would tell me I'm like catching up on Sundays. People were yeah. always catching up on Sundays. It's like, okay, so you're exhausted for meetings Monday through Friday. And then you're like doing household errands or trying to take care of your family on Saturdays and you're catching up on Sundays. It's like, no wonder, you know, you're burning out. And yeah. so at least we say no collaborative work Friday through Sunday. If you need to do some catch up work, that's great. But I'd much rather someone have a fully clear Friday, do some catch up work then and have, you know, half of Friday and Saturday, Sunday to them and their family than the prior model where they're catching up on Sundays. Ryan is deeply committed to his workplace culture and to the conscious leadership he espouses. I asked Ryan what else he thinks his employees need from him. Employees want to be challenged. Good employees, they want to be challenged. They want to grow. They want you to hold a high bar for them. um, And they want you to acknowledge and praise them when they achieve. And they want you to be honest with them when they don't. And so it's pretty simple, right? If you're a player on a, on a sports team, you want your coach to recognize when you do well, right? right? But you, but you lose trust in your coach if they don't give you real feedback when you're not doing well, or they just like put you on the bench and don't talk to you anymore. Right. And we have a lot of that in the workplace, right? Put the person on the bench and, and isolate them and give them some makeshift work. And, um, we, we try to keep it real, right? That's kind of the theme. It's like, be honest with your team, care about the person, but you know, don't pamper them, give them the real honest feedback in a kind and compassionate way and care about that person's success. So as you move forward with the four day structure in place, um, how, how do you envision tweaking it or experimenting with it in the future? I don't think we're going to tweak it that much. Now, there's plenty that we're tweaking um, from a conscious culture standpoint, right? And so this is, you know, how we do meetings, how how we write over talk. um, And those types of things are always being experimented with. Well, tell us about them. I'm very motivated to help create new norms in society. And our team is equally motivated. That's our culture. Um, and we also are building a culture of courage, which is much needed in society today. Um, and we're also being rewarded because everybody wants to join the company that has courage and is redefining norms (laughs) and right. And so selfishly, it's a great thing for us to do. And so, um, the norms will be more 
in favor of employees, but it's not going to be a pampering because that's what Google and Facebook tried to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it that there's also there's a lot of weirdness around that too. What what do you mean by pampering? Is that the like free lunch and we'll give you massages? Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think that's what human beings want. They want a rewarding, enriching work environment where they get to have impact and they're treated well. And so and where the you know the company operates ethically and where they get to be a part of a mission that resonates with them. I want to come back to the four-day work week. Um, if there's any roadblock for you on this in the future, what do you envision that it might be? It's that we haven't continued to uphold a high bar for performance and execution. Um, yeah. Right? And we've overcorrected. And so... The four-day work week done right is where you have a high standard for execution and performance, and you're allowing people to do it with and accomplish that with less distractions, right? The fail case is where people are just working less and they're still not performing, and so that's, that's what you want to avoid. That was Bolt CEO Ryan Breslow talking with us about his vision for a four-day work week. And now I want to hear from you about what you have to say about all of this. If you could restructure your work life to actually fit your life life, what would it be like? Would you do four 10-hour days, two days on, two days off, all the time? Or maybe something else entirely? Build your case for your ideal work schedule, and then come talk about it with me and Sarah Storm, our producer, this week on Hello Monday Office Hours. We'll go live like we always do at 3 p.m. on Wednesday, that's Eastern Standard Time, And we'll see what our community has to say. So to join the conversation, meet us on the LinkedIn news page or send us an email at hellomonday at linkedin.com and we'll send you the link. And if you like the show, please rate and review us. It genuinely helps us so much. You know, every so often I like to share a review on the show. Now, if it's yours, drop me an email at hellomonday at linkedin.com and let's have a chat, a virtual coffee. Anyhow, here's our producer, Sarah Storm, with this week's review. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jesse. So who do we have today? This week's review comes from Eileen's Front Porch. Great name, by the way. They say, Jesse has such a great speaking voice. True. You can tell she was a reporter as she asks very thought-provoking and meaningful questions of her guests. I never miss an episode. Sarah, can you see me blushing over here? I, I, You are. You're a little pink. I love reading the reviews for this reason. I also can't stand it a little bit. Anyways, thank you, Eileen's Front Porch. Yes, the reporting training will do that to you. It's a real pain in the butt at a dinner party. Thanks for listening to the show and drop me an email at hellomonday at linkedin.com. Let's get together. Hello Monday is a production of LinkedIn. The show is produced by Sarah Storm with help from Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Ariando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Michaela Greer and Victoria Taylor embody conscious leadership to us. Our music was composed just for us by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. I'm Jesse Hempel. We're back next Monday. Thanks for listening. Hello, what's your name? Dot. And how old are you? Two. Can you tell me what you did today? Yeah. What'd you do? Oh, I scored something.
And you went outside and you went sledding? No, I draw. I draw. You what? Draw. You draw? Yeah. And what else did you do? No, I draw on this microphone. On the computer? Yeah. Okay, say bye everyone.